Throwback Thursday. Now, there is a Blue Jays game today. Jays Rays have the matinee to close out the four-game series, and Locked On Rays joins us in the last segment today to preview that game. Now, first, we're joined by the patriarch of the Blue Jay fan base, Blue Jay Dad, for some Throwback Thursday Blue Jay stories, and Cespedes Family Barbecue back in the house for some Throwback Blue Jay stories today as well. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed. Longtime Blue Jay fan, passionate. I hope you would consider knowledgeable Blue Jay fan. I'm absolutely locked on the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. Big expectations, big hopes. I certainly appreciate that you're along for the ride in 2023. For those of you who are hitting that subscribe button, that like button, and leaving comments on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast YouTube page, thank you for that. To the everydayers making the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast your first podcast, listen every single day. I see you. I thank you. I appreciate you for that. Jam-packed show today. Remember, in the final segment, we will preview today's series finale, Jay's Rays. Happy Alec Manoa Day to those of you who celebrate. Hopefully, it's a good one, right? But you know how we like to do it around here on the Lockdown Blue Jay Podcast Network, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you know that we love to do Throwback Thursday, so we're going to get it started with our special guest today, one of one of a few special guests, I should say. Let's get into our Throwback Thursday conversation with Blue Jay's dad. Throwback Thursday. You are seeing who we're joined by. It's a special guest, Blue Jay's dad in the house Always love having the, the the guests come in for the throwback stores. Never discuss it ahead of time, right? It's always dealer's choice. You know, what's your memory? What's my memory? I always love doing stuff like this. Now, for today, of course, I could do a throwback Thursday. Blue Jay's dad in the house. He's living out in Minnesota. He's You, you know him, right? He's the patriarch of the Blue Jay fan base. And uh, Blue Jay's heading to Minnesota tomorrow. Blue Jay's dad going to be back on Friday's show to help, help deep dive that weekend series. Make sure you tune in for that. Yes. But so, so I could go with a throwback memory of Blue Jays twins. Now, for me, the only throwback or, or the biggest Blue Jays twins throwback memory is that 91 uh, playoff series where it wasn't even close. One of the worst plays I've ever seen in my life, Blue Jays dad, there was a play at the plate. Pat Borders had the ball in his bare hand and tagged the runner with his glove. And oh. when the, um, the umpire just was looking like stunned and just put up a very sheepish safe and Pat Borders went nuts. He was arguing it like it, it, the, the, that's how out of it the Blue Jays were in that 91. So I'm not going to go. Blue Jays, Minnesota. This is the last game of the Blue Jays Tampa series. So I'm actually going to go throwback Thursday with some Blue Jays Tampa. And this for me, it's one of the top answers. Every time you see those, those, those polls on, on social media and that with, you know, who's the one player in the one uniform that, that you, you, you forget was a player on, on this team, right? Like Patrick Ewing with the Supersonics. So there's, there's a bunch of, you'll see Frank Thomas with the Blue Jays. But one of the great answers I think Blue Jays dad is Jose Canseco with the Toronto Blue Jays. And now what's the Tampa Bay tie? Let's get into it. So of course you're going to think of, of, of Canseco with those great bash brothers teams in the in eighties uh, and, and, and early nineties. And speaking of dispatching the Blue Jays from the playoffs, the, the bash brothers in 89 did just that by the way, but you think of Jose Canseco as, as a, as a monster home run hitter with the Oakland A's. Well, 1998, he plays one season with the Toronto Blue Jays. And, and why I'm so enamored with that season, Blue Jays dad is Here's this big-time home run hitter at the end of his career coming to play for the Toronto Blue Jays. He hits 46 home runs. That's a career high. Yes. Blue Jays' dad, Jose Canseco's career high for home runs was with us, was with the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't think people re remember that at all or, or think about that. And, and I say the Tampa Bay connection because that's 98. 99, he goes to Tampa Bay, and he hits third in that lineup, and he leads Tampa Bay in home runs that season. 
and the second uh, uh, home run hitter on that Tampa Bay team that season. So Canseco hit third, and this gentleman hit fourth. And again, Blue Jays ties. It was the crime dog Fred McGriff, Blue Jays dad. I knew it. I, I was guessing. Uh, yes. Uh, well, you know what, Blue Jays dad? You know what really stunned me? I was I was I was uh, deep diving something the other day, and 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 was 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 looking at Fred. I, I don't remember why I was looking at Fred McGriff. Blue Jays dad, I I, re I remembered him being with the Rays, yes, but I would have said a cup of coffee. I would have said one to two years. If you told me three years, I would have been surprised. Blue Jays dad, McGriff was in Tampa Bay for five years. That 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 surprised me a little bit. Do, do you yeah. remember it being that long? That's surprising to me too. Yeah. yeah, even even in that stage of his career, yes, I was counting down to five hundred. I was exactly him all the time. Like same he was page. the Blue same Jays page. and Fred McGriff. That's all yeah. I was caring about. Same page, same page. Okay. Yeah. So that's my throwback Thursday Blue Jay memory. Yes. Jose Canseco was a Toronto Blue Jay and it wasn't just any season to come collect the paycheck. It was his best home. This home run monster had his best home run se a season <laughs> with the Toronto Blue Jays. Love that. Absolutely love that. Blue Jays dad, your throwback Thursday memory. My throwback Thursday memory has to do with Ooh. the, 10th anniversary Toronto Ooh. Blue Jays season 1986. This is a fantastic mug I have here, but that, I, you know, Craig, there are some things in baseball that just bring you back when you see it. Not as and nice as me, yours, but yeah, for me, <laughs> for me, it's this 10th anniversary logo. I don't know if you remember that. But Absolutely. That was, they, You're talking my language here. Okay. So that was, um, you know, they won the AL East their yeah, first, in 85. First appearance in 85 yeah. and then 1986 was all about this promotion of the 10th anniversary season. And uh, for, for me, that was when um, baseball became fully alive. That's when I was knowing it the best uh, because I'd watched the Jays through the 85 All-Star game. Uh, I, when, you know, uh, Domiso Garcia, Ernie Witt, and Dave Steve were on that team, Jeez. I believe. And, uh, and then watching in the postseason and being a little kid trying to stay up late to watch the games and all that. This 10th anniversary season logo, you know, you walk into Zeller's and they just had all these items for sale on this. That's actually the same uh, store that I got my Jesse Barfield um, Rawlings Black uh, autograph glove at Zeller's. Um, this was like the pinnacle for me of, of uh, being a kid and being a baseball fan. And uh, so my, my throwback Thursday memory is just Jesse Barfield's 40th home run that he hit that year oh. and how magical that was for me as, as a 10 year old at the time that, uh, you know, he was the first Jay to reach 40 home runs um, during a period of that season uh, with George Bell, they were going back and forth. I remember they were like, 30 homers, 31 homers, 32, 31. Th like they were kind of, you know, battling it out. And then Barfield took off. Yep. And I think as he tells the story, it was Tony Kubek, um, one of the Jays wow. broadcasters that mentioned to him that he has more power the opposite way or that he has really good opposite way power. And Jesse Barfield was like, really? And um, so he started to, you know, actually approach it that way. But anyway, that, that's my, I don't know if you remember that. And for some Absolutely. reason in my memory, the game was televised and then they kept showing, uh, you know, replays of his home run at exhibition stadium. And then I think he tipped his hat to the crowd at the dugout. And then I remember them going to, to Panda first base and Buck Martinez was the runner on first. Now, when I've looked at the old box scores, it doesn't look like that was the case. Uh, <laughs> and for some reason, it's lodged in my head that Buck missed his hit or walk, whatever it was being shown on TV because of all the replays of Barfield. 
Now that I'm talking about it again, I want to review the box score to see if there's any way that was possible. But anyway, Buck was still on the team at that time, and his uh, you know writing and, and broadcasting and journalistic career was just taken off. And uh, so that 40th home run by Jesse Barfield in the 10th anniversary season for the Toronto Blue Jays. Wow, uh, that's my memory. So much to dive into there. I'm Blue Jays. That I'm gonna guess that Martinez wouldn't have been batting after Barfield. Now Ernie Witt might have. So maybe it was a scenario where. Buck came in for Ernie Witt, so maybe something like that took place. But so much there that you reminded me of. So the you, you mentioned uh, Barfield and Bell going back and forth, and Bell being ending up being the bridesmaid. That was '86. Then '87, Bell goes back and forth with a, a rookie, Mark McGuire, for the home run lead. Ends up being the bridesmaid. I think Jesse Barfield led the league in that in '86 as well, right? When he when he as that, you said, that's when, that when big ring, on. that big ring that he wears at every oh, appearance. That's his nice. uh, home run uh, king ring. Coming up on the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, we have Cespedes Family Bar- Barbecue back in the house to talk some throwback Blue Jays stories. And reminder that today's Jays Rays game is a matinee. You can catch that on Sirius XM. But first, I wanted to mention that, you know, with the weather improving, thankfully, <laughs> I love that, it is becoming shorts weather. And I've got some fav- some new favorite shorts, bird dogs. I can tell you a few things I like about these bird dog shorts. I have them right here, actually. I I, I will say I like the colors. I, I do want to shout out. I, I do like the colors, but the fit. I mean, I, I feel I feel better. I feel great actually wearing wearing these shorts. They they become my my. I've got two of them. They become my number one and number two in my in my rotation. The comfort, stretchy fabric makes my legs look great, and they're comfier than my other shorts and pants. And versatility. The bird dogs, pants and shorts, I mean, they give you the freedom. You can wear these things on the golf course, to a meeting, a, a date, hanging out with friends. I mean, you you absolutely name it. These things are going to be good to go. I'm seeing a lot uh, a lot to, uh, more and more celebrities really getting into these as well because, as I said, the, the versatility of it and the comfort of it. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter the pro locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every purchase. And can I tell you? Yeah, I've got mine right here. Blue Jays coming off a sweep of the Oreos. Uh, uh, Cespedes Family Barbecue did a show with a guest host the other day. You guys were talking, but you were taking it back to, I believe it was 2005, the last yeah. time that the Oreos swept the Blue Jays in Toronto when you were showing the lineups that day. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the, the 2005 Blue Jays didn't do any winning at all, but it really put a smile on my face to take me back to see that lineup, Jordan. Now, now you guys were focusing on the Baltimore side of the lineup, but if you look at that Blue Jays side of the lineup, I mean, Frank Catalanato in the leadoff spot, Reed Johnson in the seventh spot. It was shortly thereafter that they moved Reed to the one and Catalanato to the two as a Blue Jay fan. That was some of my – I, I love that, Jordan. That was some fun. Yeah. That was a lot of fun for me there. That lineup as well, you showed that, that Blue Jays uh, that day. They had uh, uh, Corey Kosky, Shea Hillenbrand, and Eric Hinsky in the middle of the lineup. Three third basemen. Speaking of things, Jordan, you said, hey, you're always going to see something you've never seen before. Jordan, three third basemen hitting back to back to back in the middle of the lineup. How weird was that? And the piece de resistance of how weird was that game, Jordan, is Sidney Ponson, oh, yes. Roy Halladay. I mean, explain yeah. that one to me. But, 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 but anyway. Yeah, it just made me want to ask you, Jordan, because I know you have such a baseball mind. What yeah. what sort of old school, you know, in that era or, or whatever, dealer's choice, what, what what older school Blue Jays, uh, you know, maybe even obscure ones? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. This is a great question. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I should have prepared because I have, you, this is obviously the game we're talking about in 2005. But the only time, I've been in Toronto a few times, I mentioned that family. But my, the one time I've been to Band the Sky Dome was actually 2003 um, when I was eight. And they, I don't remember why, but basically we had like 
family gave us ridiculously good tickets. Uh, like behind home plate, behind the third oh, row. That'll work. Or behind <laughs> third base, behind third base, like second third row. <clears throat> and at the time, I mean, I was a baseball fan, but I was just as entranced by watching the CN Tower elevators going up and down. <laughs> um, but I remember, yeah, it was definitely 2003, and I, I, I have the ticket somewhere. And the other funny thing about that, that story was that I bought a, a mini bat. I'm a big mini bat guy. Me too. Love it. Love it. Mini bag. Love it. Makes money for it all the time. But I'm a big mini bag guy, and I have it somewhere here. So I'll, I'll spit whatever. The point is, is I, I bought a Blue Jays mini bag, and I tried to bring it on the plane back home. Uh, again, I was eight. And they were like, "Nope, you can't bring it on the plane. Like that's too dangerous." Yeah, 2003. We're a little bit. It's a little more of a yeah. dicey time to be flying, yeah, understandably, yeah. right? But then I remember being so upset that, they, and, and thankfully, I, it did make it, and I did you know i managed to i still have it somewhere in this office awesome um but i i just remember that blue jays mini bat being they thought i was you know going to be a menace on the on the plane as an eight-year-old but anyway uh but that that in terms of that 2003 team which i believe was a little bit better than that 2005 team i mean shannon stewart to me it was shannon stewart wow Hit the those, those are the names that certainly jumped out to me i mean obviously delgado was awesome um i also kelvin escobar that's another nice. name, a pitcher yep. that I'm certainly uh, a big fan of. So again, I don't know if I'm going to be able to name two, but those I would say those are the three that super jump out. Definitely Shannon Stewart, definitely Brandon Wells, um, and uh, I guess that was probably the last year of Shannon Stewart. That was right before he he ended up. Maybe it was the same year he was traded. I think. Yeah, to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to Minnesota. And I I, I feel like most people probably you think about him more as between the Blue Jays. He was in Toronto longer, but. Um, but yeah, and Vernon Wells for sure. I mean, that, that's kind of a layup answer. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of, in terms of, I guess not as mainstream. I think Kelvin Escobar is probably my answer. But he was pretty good too. Oh, Escobar, solid as a starter. They made him a closer at one point in his mm -hmm. career. He he would he didn't exactly embarrass himself as the closer. And Shannon Stewart, Jordan, hit machine. Even when he got traded to Minnesota, he went on for, what, a year yeah. and a half, a couple seasons with Minnesota. He just continued okay. to be a hits machine. I, I, I love that call. And I'd love to know, Jordan, just keeping it in sort of the old school Blue Jays, you know, what, what Blue Jays, and, and I'll tell you, what comes to mind for me, but what Blue Jays, and if I could if I could take Cespedes Family Barbecue and take you back to that actual event, like maybe it's the Joe Carter, but for me, I would love to see Cespedes Family Barbecue sit down with Domaso Garcia in the early 80s after he burned his uniform to turn his uh, 1984 season around. I think you guys would have a blast with that. Or a George Bell in spring training uh, going into 88 when he held a press conference to tell the media that they could tell then manager Jimmy Williams that I said, George Bell says, he can kiss my purple butt. He can, And I, I think you guys would just, I mean, have field days with things like that. But if you could go back and interview any Blue Jay in, in, in any time, what, what, what are you thinking, Jordan? Oh, my gosh. That is such a good question. I, I feel like I, I don't feel like totally qualified to answer. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, the, the Roger Clemens Blue Jays tenure is wow. kind of crazy. Just, I know that that's a little bit later, and I know that it was two years, but like that is when we think about individual runs. I mean, we, we, yeah. there's a lot that we often reference Randy Johnson's signing and winning four straight Cy Youngs, right? But Roger Clemens winning Cy Young in both years with Toronto is I feel like a pretty now I know personality wise and certainly at that time we, we know what was going on with Roger Clemens. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I mean, that is one of I feel like one of the the stretches of, of pitching that just kind of gets lost because we spend so much time thinking about him as Red Sox and a Yankee and of course 
an Astro at the end. So yeah. that's an interesting one. I mean, that personality-wise, that's probably not a great answer. But as far as like Blue Jay seasons, I'm fascinated by. I would say that certainly stands out. And I said, Jordan, I preface it by saying, hey, I preface this whole interview by saying, Jordan, we need to have some fun today. Blue Jay fans need a smile. And that put a smile on my face. Roger Clemens, those two seasons, back-to-back Cy Youngs, and he wins the triple freaking crown, Jordan, both seasons. He was, for, for last place teams, he was incredible. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would say that one. And then another one, just just selfishly, as a, as a member of Team Israel, is Sean Green. I mean, nice. Sean yeah. Green, oh, wow. one, right around that time, um, but his first all-star year in, in, in 1999 is certainly one that, that stands out so but yeah i mean again like you you're gonna at some point like i'm not as qualified to start digging too deep in the 90s but to your point like of course there's stuff all throughout baseball history and we do it on our podcast sometimes we we like i mean you mentioned of course there's crazy stuff from the 70s 80s 90s whatever but we like going you if you you listen to us you know we go like go back 100 years you know yeah. we're going back to stuff where like <laughs> literally uh the world was different. It wasn't just that baseball was different. Just everything was different about the universe and so and the country and everything. Yeah. So uh, that's that's also what we like going back to because those are the things that are truly impossible to comprehend. Some of the stuff from you know 1800s baseball and whatnot. Coming up on the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, the Locked On Rays podcast, back in the house to preview today's Jays Rays series finale. Remember, you can catch that game on SiriusXM. But first. Try it free for 30 days, just enough time to try it and then completely forget about it, right? Well, in fact, 80% of people have subscriptions they have indeed forgotten about. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones you don't use. Do you know how much you pay for your subscriptions and how much they cost really cost each month? Because most people think they pay about $80 a month on subscriptions. Well, the price is actually closer to $200. And if you don't know exactly how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like that Stars app just to watch that one show, right? Or, or that free gaming trial that you never really actually used. Well, Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay anymore, you just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. Yeah, that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage your finances in one place and automatically categorizes your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 per year. (laughs) Cha-ching, right? Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash Locked on MLB. And Craig Ballard here with Kevin Weiss. Locked on Rays, Locked on Jays. Crossover conversation getting into Thursday's series finale. It's a matinee, 1 10 p.m. Eastern first pitch. Of course, catch that game on Sirius XM. Alec Manoa versus Zach Eflin. Now for Alec Manoa, boy, oh boy, Blue Jays have lost all four of his May starts. The only loss, again, we, we were talking about this earlier this week, Kevin, when the Blue Jays uh, hosted the Rays in mid-April, the Jays taking two out of three in that series. The only Rays win in that series was the Alec Manoa game, and they absolutely smashed them. And it was very typical. If you take your mind's eye back to that game, it was very typical of what we've seen from Alec Manoa in 2023. There were numerous innings where the Rays put up crooked numbers, where had, had did, did damage in every single one of those innings. There was not only two strikes, 
or sorry, not only two outs with, you know, get one more out and get out of this inning. There was two strikes on the batter, but we've seen from Manoa all season long. His stuff has not been nearly sharp enough to generate those swings and misses, uh, right the ship during, you know, when, when, when things are going badly. He's been able to use the strikeout as a weapon his entire career, not so far in 2023. Now, been pretty good on the road. I will say that, Kevin. That's my glass half full opportunity for the Blue Jays in this game. As bad as Manoa's been in 2023, he's actually been okay. Is he raising the low threes on the, on the road? Too many walks. There's just, there's there, there's just no, no no doubt about that, home or away. But he has been better on the road. Now, Rays have taken advantage of any starting pitcher that's been struggling this season. So, does Manoa's past success against you, Kevin, have you at all concerned, or are you just going? You know what, Craig? He's been so hittable in 2023. Uh, Craig, I got to tell you, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really good point there because when I think of Alec Manoa before, you know, looking at his numbers this year, I say, man, he is a, a tough nut to crack. He is very intimidating and he has really good stuff. And it seems like the Rays have had struggles against him. So maybe there is that bias of, um, you know, the Rays aren't necessarily looking at the numbers, but focusing on, you know, what he is and what he's done in his his past as well, which I guess begs the question, do you think he'll be able to turn things around as we get through the rest of the season here? Because I mean, what we've seen the, the last two seasons, it he seemed to be a guy that was on that yes. uh, trajectory uh, for being McClanahan a conversation. Yeah. Our, yeah. Our, our version of your McClanahan. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it you're, you're just not too, you, you just want to see more before he can turn it around. Hopefully. What would you haven't seen him be himself? When I say he's been better on the road, in particular the Kansas City game, the Yankee game, these are a couple starts on the road that that stand out to me. He wasn't Alec Manoa that we've seen in the past in either one of these, uh, in either one of those examples, Kevin. But he battled. He battled really well at home. He's just his ERA at home. I think is like eight and a half. He's just been annihilated, annihilated at, at the Rogers Center. And Kevin D. Where I'm so confused and where I where where I'm where I'm really concerned if there is a turnaround coming is it's not like you know, we talked earlier in the week about Jose Barrios. So Barrios has always had that slurf look good and, and the sinker's doing well this season, but he could get in trouble when he misses his four seam fastball. You say Kakuchi when he misses location with his fastball. With Alec Manoa, it's not one example. The four-seam fastball has been unrecognizable. The two-seamer has been unrecognizable. The slider, which I used to joke, Kevin, should should not even be allowed against righties. We're, we're supposed to be engaged in competition here. His slider against righties was filthy and lights out. Uh, righties hit, I think, like 130-something against it last season. They're hitting like 270, 280 against it this season. It None of his pitches have the sharpness, have the crispness. In the past, when Manoa was missing his spot, say he missed the spot with his four seamer, it's still 97, 98. You still got to deal with that. You miss with the two seamer, it's still got it's still got a, a run on it. You still got to deal with that pitch. This season, wow, every aspect, Kevin, has been unrecognizable. Now, the only glass half full I want to present for Alec Manoa is again, he has been better on the road, but for the first time, and locked on Blue Jays, we've been calling on this for a while. For the first time in his last start. They went away from Alejandro Kirk and they let Danny Jansen catch him. And Danny Jansen has been phenomenal as, as a defensive catcher and as a game caller so far this season. So hopefully there's going to be some momentum there. I'll be stunned if it's not Jansen again for this Thursday uh, afternoon game. But yeah, I wish I could be more confident mm. about Alec Manoa. Kevin, very literally, how you wax poetically about Shane McClanahan, very literally is the same conversation that the Blue Jay fans should be having about Manoa, even right down to the, can he be the ace? Because yeah. Kevin Gosman's here, who, who could lay claim to the ace? So all of what you said about McClanahan applies to Alec Manoa. He, yeah. He's just been unrecognizable, though, so far in 2023. 
And and that's why uh, you know Ulysses, my co-host, and I maybe want to wait a little bit on Shane McClanahan and say, okay, let's see ah. him do it for another seventy-five hundred ah. innings, and then we'll be uh, much more confident in that realm. Because quite frankly, we you know who knows I there there probably were Blue Jays fans after the end of the last season that were ready to quit yes. on Alec Manoa the ace. So very true. No, very true. Very true. Very true. And and, and I wondered. I questioned you, Kevin. How could you not say McClanahan's name? Well, you just said, yeah, you're right. You're right. Why it, it, why rush it? Right. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And especially for a Rays team that has you know huge aspirations. Yeah. yeah. Why rush it? No, you're exactly right. Now. And we also want to see him be able to stay healthy too, because he you know yeah. after the All Star break last season, yeah. um, he just wasn't quite himself. I think ran into a little bit of uh, fatigue and stamina issues. And um, it, it's not saying that it's uh, apples to apples or oranges to oranges, but um, Tyler Glass now, I mean, he's got ace level stuff, but he just can't stay on the field. And Jeez. that's yeah. a big, you know, if he's able to, if Glass now was able to stay healthy for 140, 150 innings a year, then he'd be, um, you know, that it wouldn't be difficult to just, put ace next to his name but it's just really tough to do that when um you're basically the the pitching version of kevin kiermeyer in a raise uniform just um always in the trainer's room if you will no you're making good points i, I see why you and your co-host aren't making it rain with that ace title you, yeah it's gonna be earned no, i'm seeing i'm hearing it i'm hearing it uh, kevin zach eflin uh, on the mound uh, for you guys uh Typical Rays. I mean, Zach Eflin has seven wins combined the last two seasons. He's already six and one. He comes to Tampa. He's already six and one. Like, are you kidding me right now? Mm -hmm. The Rays are seven and one in Eflin starts, including five and zero oh at the Trop. My goodness, at the Trop so far this season, Kevin Eflin one walk, thirty four strikeouts. Is that good? Is a thirty four to one strikeout to walk ratio good? Like, holy moly! This middle of this Blue Jays lineup, so guys like Bo, Vlad, Chapman, and Kirk, they're combined 0 for 12 career against Eflin. Brandon Belt has struck out seven times. My goodness, he's also in the middle of this Jays lineup. He struck out seven times against Eflin, but he is hot, and he's the only Blue Jay that's homered off Eflin. So that's the matchup I'm yeah. really looking at. To I really think Belt's going to have to have, uh, do something on Thursday afternoon. Eighth season for Eflin, by far off to his best start, by far having his best season. What have your Tampa Bay Rays, Kevin, what have you guys unlocked with Eflin that, that Blue Jays need to, to be wary of this afternoon? Well, that that's a really good point. I mean, Zach Eflin, um, this far as has proven why the Rays are, are so smart in, in pinpointing and picking out which players fit for them. And, mm. um, you know, really big for him is just the ability to get opposing hitters to chase and not walking anybody. So he keeps himself out of trouble. And I think um, the friendly pitcher confines of Tropicana field, um, in addition to a better defense behind him in comparison to uh, when he was with the Phillies. And, and I think, um, you know, maybe some confidence or um, some solace in the fact that his, you know, lower body, lower extremity issues weren't going to pop up again, or they weren't going to be as severe, uh, gave the Rays confidence um, or enough wherewithal to give them that that multi-year deal, which um, is proving really, really important now with um, you know two key pieces of, of the rotation already out. So being able to you know put in a been there, done that guy at 29, 30 years old into the rotation as you call up Taj Bradley and you bring up other guys, um, he's he's really settling in. And, and just as guys get hurt in the Rays rotation, he just seems to. He's just going to have to, um, you know, more, I guess, pressure and reliance is going to be placed on him and Shane McClanahan to get the job done.
So, Kevin, well, the last, certainly not least here, we'll we'll end with our uh, with our conver- crossover conversation here with our prediction. I you mentioned for the Monday game that that was a definite game on paper that the Blue Jays look good. Chris Bass has been so good lately. Rays are going with a bullpen game, so I do. Uh, and you you downright predicted Blue Jays should win that game. I'm right there with you. So I actually think the Blue Jays take two out of four in this series. I don't say that lightly, Kevin, because that means they got to get an, an, another win in this series, and that's just not the sort of thing that's been happening. You know, to take two out of four to play 500 ball of the trop is not that's not what has been yeah. happening for Toronto Blue Jay baseball. But I'm gonna say. Two out of four in this series. Where are you on this one, Kevin? Yeah, it's tough with a four-game series. It's you know it's easier to say you know win series. It's easier to say that with a, a three-game series yeah. with a four-game series. Four-game series is tough. Um, I, I'll give you the first one. I think you you've got the <laughs> the Chris Bassett Trevor Kelly bullpen day um, game matched up. I think a lot of it hinges on what happens in game two with uh, Barrios and Bradley. Um, I, I'm really confident that the Rays can take the the Shane McClanahan start and the Zach Eflin start, um, but the the Bradley Barrios one is is got me questioning a little bit because there, there usually comes a point where I I'm not going to make any bones about it. Taj Bradley, rookie, there's going to be games that he's going to struggle. He's going to have a bad game, bad start, and maybe this is the one where you have a lot of um, experienced All Star caliber, top level talent. Uh, position players uh, on your team. So, um, you know, I'm going to be really conservative. I, I'm just going to say that the Rays uh, s- split this series. I'm not going to oh, get we're both going so to split. Any, okay. Anything else I'll, I'll take because the, the Rays have, have shown, look, I, I think that the, the pace that they've been on to this point, uh, mm. it's untenable. It's, it's not going to keep up. Um, so um, I think this is, you know, I'll just say it that they, they split the series and go from there. I certainly don't think they'll lose the series. We'll wrap up Thursday's Locked On Blue Jays. Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're a fantasy baseball enthusiast like myself, then keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Reminder, today's Blue Jay game can be taken in on Sirius XM. And join me tomorrow as the patriarch of the Blue Jay fan base, Blue Jay Dad, back in the house as he's going to help us deep dive this upcoming weekend series as the Toronto Blue Jays head into Minnesota to take on the first place Minnesota Twins.